0: Hey, I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to introduce our guests. They're going to have an opportunity to share really briefly about uh, their selves, themselves, something like that, and um, we'll see what the Lord does tonight. God, thank you so much. We're, uh, Lord, we're in love with you. You are an amazing God. You're more than we could have ever imagined, even as we were singing tonight, that you are more than enough, and we're thankful that you renew, Lord, you you fix, you repair, you restore. God, you, you pull out of the ashes. It's even more oftentimes than just fixing something that's broken. Sometimes it's nothing but ash. And Lord, you, you birth something. You're the only one. You're the, the creator God, and you have not stopped creating good things. And tonight we do believe with all of our hearts that there are wonderful works, God. There are miracles in this place. We do not for a second underestimate the mighty work of your spirit in hearts and lives tonight. And before we even begin, God, before vows are renewed, we just want to say thank you. God, thank you for touching hearts. Thank you for opening up ears and minds and eyes. Thank you, God, that your spirit ministers to us and that our walls that we so often build over the course of time are either gently taken down by him one brick at a time or maybe even blown away, God. Whatever it takes, we need it. And we just want to thank you for doing it. So tonight we pray you'd bless our time together, especially bless those who are uh, renewing their vows to each other or to you, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so today I'm going to start from um, my left, and uh, it would be your right. And I just want to introduce Pastor Jim and Carol. Why don't you welcome them tonight? And, and over to my right, we have BJ and Sherry. Welcome them tonight. And then to my extreme right, we have Sony. Blessed to have you tonight as well. Oh, ho, 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 ho. dude, you, you got a crowd. You got a crowd. You got a lot of likes, some followers here. So what I wanted to do is uh, give each of you just an opportunity to share a little bit about yourself. We don't have a lot of time tonight, so um, keep it concise.
1: (laughs) Someone's excited. Why don't we start over here?
2: All right. Here, you go first.
1: (laughs) Me? Well, um, Pastor Jim and I have been married for 35 years. It (laughs) all. What was that God
3: bless you. oh thank bless you God
1: has blessed us tremendously and uh, we were talking today about just some of the things that we feel like God has done in our marriage that are special and and one thing was you want to start talking anytime just grab this uh, oh, there
4: <laughs> hi I'm Jim she's Carol and uh, yeah we've been married uh, for 35 years we have four amazing kids, uh, and three of them are married, and we have eight grandkids, and we wow. love serving here. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, we'll move up.
0: Awesome, yeah, BJ and Sherry, tell us a little bit. Yes,
3: sir, well, Sherry and I have been married for 10, 11 years now.
0: Um,
4: <laughs>
3: we've been together for 15 years. Uh, we have two children, Dove's right there, and our son, Dune. It's not here because he's a wreck.
0: Okay.
2: Sony, how about you? Hi, my name is Sonny Varghese. Um, I've been saved for a while now. But I uh, started coming to church here uh, in tw- uh, 2020, January of 2020. And uh, I had no idea then that I'd be sitting here. Uh, but God has done an amazing work in my life and uh, has surrounded me with a great group of believers and friends. Glad to be here.
0: All right. Wonderful. Hey, what we're going to do tonight is uh, we thought about some, you know, really important questions that uh, these people could answer that would really help those who are renewing their vows, you know, as either married, a married couple or singles. And so, um, so we're going to just start right in here, okay, with Jim and Carol. And my question to you is, if you were counseling a couple and giving them three key principles for a lasting, healthy marriage, what would those three key principles be?
4: go back and forth. You want to do that? Yeah. All right. The first thing that I would say is to really focus on your individual relationship with Jesus. Um, you know, sometimes we think that we're hindered because of our spouse, or we depend on our spouse and think we're going to possibly get in holding under their coattails. But the truth is, is we have an individual relationship with Jesus, and that that is is key to to develop that and to grow in that, and then that forms that corporate
1: relationship as a couple. Secondly, (laughs) um, we were talking about how we have always thought about ministering together as a couple. Even when we were dating, we were um, going to ministry together and so it's always been something that I don't have mine and he has his. We've always worked side by side and sought to serve the Lord that way. So that, that is something to, that really has been a blessing in our marriage. And you should have it, too. You're next. Uh, I think that, you know, the
4: idea of leaving a godly legacy, you know, it's the, the friendship here. My kids are all adults now. And I love dating my wife, and I love the fact that we're still in love with each other, and we're still best friends, and uh, we're going to keep doing that, right? Right. Okay. (laughs) uh, But also leaving that godly legacy for our kids that they would love Jesus. You know, the song that Tony sang tonight, No One Ever Cared for Me Like Jesus, the second verse. Did you guys catch that second verse? It talks about what their children would say of, of, of the author of the song, that Jesus was the treasure, right? And I know, just using Tony as an example, he loves his little girl, he loves his wife, but the greatest legacy that he can leave is that knowledge of that personal, powerful relationship with Jesus. And so, anyway, I-
0: Yeah, what what would you say are the keys to that in leaving that legacy with your kids? Practically speaking, what what have you guys focused on specifically that has helped you navigate maybe just big decisions or not, ministry is amazing, but you know, it can become, it can also become a distraction sometimes if we're not careful.
4: For sure. Um, One of the things that we've tried to do is create a culture in our family. Um, You know, we are believers first but we have a culture that is the davis family culture right it's who we are and and we wanted to develop that and and it's a fun culture it's a culture that i hope that our kids have always wanted to be part of and our grandkids want to be part of and it's the idea that um, church isn't a drag and christianity isn't a drag and serving him is an adventure. And when God calls, we go. And um, just having fun in life, I think, has been really important for us. You know, we never made going to church a big chore. Um, oh, I could go on and on about this subject, sorry. But we, we, don't, we never worried about what people thought about our kids. Our kids didn't have to be perfect when anybody ever tried to make my kids perfect because they were my kids, I would rip them a new one. <laughs> Can I say that in church? Because my kids are human beings. They need to learn that they have their own relationship with Jesus, that they're precious in his sight. Uh, so it was really sort of developing a family culture
1: um, with Jesus first, but. And and practically speaking, in our relationship, um, we are very open with each other about what we think the Holy Spirit might be saying to us. Um, And it's sometimes things that are scary, you know, that maybe we just kind of throw out there. I remember the day that I said, you know, I have this really weird feeling we're supposed to, we have this beautiful house, we've had it for two years, and I think maybe we're supposed to sell it. And he's like, me too. Me too. And that was the beginning of God uh, leading us out on the water to take us to plant a church somewhere. But it started with just little conversation like that and and keeping conversation um, as a a real priority in our relationship. Even the the little things like, hey, maybe this. And sometimes when I say that, he says, no, I don't think so. And that's okay, too.
0: That's great, that's great. I have a question for you guys I may come back to. So. But uh, BJ and Sherry, what's up? Hey. All right, here we go. Uh, we've known each other for a while, and um, I've really seen, Rachel and I have seen God bring you guys through a lot. You know, he's been so faithful in your lives. And just to see the fresh work of his spirit and how sensitive you guys are to the spirit of God, how would you say, like when you think about adversity, you know how has god strengthened you over the course of time when you've gone through really really difficult things and and like everybody you guys have had your share of adversity but we've seen god bring you out the other side just so refined and on fire for him what were those key things in the midst of the difficulty that strengthened you to really cling to and hold on to god
3: well um most of you guys know sherry and i just we started going to church here about three years ago it's, it's, go. it's gone, like, it's so been, fast. Yeah. yeah, it's been like that.
0: <laughs> Dude, but, because the opposite's worse. Yes. If you would have said three and she's like, no, actually. Or if you would have said five yeah. and she would have said three, that would have been it, bad. It's, like, crazy. Yeah.
3: But it's been, it, we started coming to church when we were at the worst of our marriage. I, I can say that we struggled a lot because we were going through a lot. Sherry was going through a lot after the birth of our son. And as a man... I really wanted to do everything by myself. And I, I really wanted to just take care of Sherry, take care of the kids, take care of the finances of the house, take, just do it all because I'm, I'm a dude, right? And I found out real quick that I can't do it all just because I'm a guy and just because I'm supposed to do do that stuff. And I, we actually went to a couple of counseling sessions with Pastor Derek, and we learned there that in order for God to work in us, to, for our marriage to work, that I had to take a step back, almost like giving it all to God and saying, Lord, I can't do it all on my own. It's, it's, it's so hard to do this all on my own. And through that breaking down process of kind of the hubris of, of who I am as, as a human being, and who I am as a man, and supposedly taking care of everything, God just showed up for us. And and he allowed me to fall more in love with the wife that, quite frankly, I wasn't getting along with. I wasn't getting along with Sherry. I wasn't getting along with everything in my life. And, and he opened my eyes to just every morning I wake up and it's just, man, my God, I'm so lucky. This is what's happening in, in me. And thank you, Lord, for, for, for that.
5: Thanks babe. Did say, did
0: say, Aw. That, <laughs> you can do that out loud. Go <laughs> and do it again. Aww.
5: You know, the adversity is real, man. It comes for you and it comes quick. And uh, I, I don't think any of us w- want adversity in our life or and you know it comes in so many different shapes and sizes, but you know, and I'm no expert on marriage. Let me tell you something, I'm over here. we're getting advice left and right, but that in, it, in and of itself, has been very, very helpful. You know, there's wisdom amongst a multitude of counselors. And just, you know, we really did it ourselves. We were trying to do everything ourselves. and, and um, But through our adversity, God did a couple of things that were really special. And um, one thing is that God really made us decide which way we're going. He's all, you coming with me? Are you going with the world? Which is it? You doing it my way? You doing it this way? And, and he said it lovingly, you know, I'm putting it, putting it, um, simply but he almost you know really pushed us out of lukewarm which i'm so thankful for so thankful for i I thank god for that every single day because i see uh how drab i was you know i've I've, this the first time i've ever been in the will of god i fight to stay in it and so does he but the second thing that god did um besides just really nudging us over that lukewarm line was he taught us to pray during our adversity we were not a praying family. And, and if, if there's anybody in here that's a couple and you guys don't pray together, maybe it's hard because you have never done it. And it's really difficult because maybe you're embarrassed or you feel like, well, we've never done this. And, we, you know, it's it's hard to change. Like changing truly is difficult and changing the habits that you have established in your marriage. But I really encourage you to just try it, even if you guys sit down and be like, Okay, let's just sit down and you thank God for five things and I'll thank God for five things. Like start like that. And then watch just the Holy Spirit move within your prayers and start to move because we, you know, I prayed to myself silently. He prayed to himself silently. God taught us how to pray out loud, kind of individually, and then together. And and, it, and again, still we're not experts. It's, you know, I'm not saying we have the best prayers in the world, but, you know, I know our heart is, is God hears it because it's it's, true we're trying we're, we're working at it and um so i really encourage anybody who who is just even if you're single too just pray man just pray and pray and pray because it truly did a a great strengthening work within our marriage and i uh, i don't think i don't think any of what's happened in our life would have happened without the the miracle of us learning how to pray you know and have true conversation with god and um this the Uh, one little note about this is just what god's taught us so again not an expert but when we pray we try to silence ourselves to after we talk to god and give him a chance to talk back to us and um we ready with notes we're ready to write god we're ready to hear and you know he does speak back and and god is like knowable he's knowable you know And, and and he wants to be present in um your relationship with you and in your singleness with you he really really does so it's it's cool he's not just Big god in the sky i mean he is that but he's also very knowable so
0: yeah that's great how have you guys learned to understand the will of god the purposes of god for your family um, as he's ministering to each of you individually so so you're writing things down you're talking about it there, there's some big stuff happening in your life how are you learning how to sort out what really the will of God is? I think this is a big question for couples, right? God, you got lots of decisions to make and not really necessarily sure which ones to make. What are the key things that you guys have found uh, that help you understand God's will? And then what, a, what, is, what is the blessing of each of you really being able to pursue God and hear his voice and then share together what God is showing you? Yeah.
5: Um. <clears throat> Well for one when you know your spouse is praying there's a trust that comes there so when he's bringing ideas out to me or saying certain things there's a trust factor that I'm like I know he's talking to God I I'm I'm listening differently because I know he's in communion with God separately of me but just on his own as well and I know that he's seeking the will of God for our family but you know these these big steps you know right now we're actually in a big step of God he's doing something big in our life we don't really know we have actually not not really, no, we have no idea what's <laughs> happening in our life right now. Can I just say that we have no clue, and we are literally hanging on for dear life. I feel like the lady that's just like trying to hang on to the hem and just get a touch and be like, "God, just tell us what to do. It's like day by day, but it's again prayer and then and then listening and then um just just trusting because sometimes you know. God, God, you might be the only person in your circle who's doing what you're doing, who God's asking of you. You might not be surrounded by a bunch of people who God's asking the same thing, is what I'm saying. So so sometimes it's hard to step out when you don't see everybody around you doing something similar or um, taking certain steps of faith. And, and, and it's different for every single couple, every single marriage, every single individual. But it, it's it's a faith exercise, and it's like, are we even if we don't see anybody doing what we've done or, or there's nobody, um, uh, you know, going before that we have the exact roadmap of, it's like, can we still believe and take the step of faith and hear from God? And, and you know what, worst case scenario, we make a mistake and we, you know, God just reveals it to us and we turn the ship around. I mean, that's, that's the best we can do, you know?
0: Yeah, don't be afraid to make a mistake, right? Yeah, it's okay, because God knows the sincerity of our hearts. And uh, while we don't want to make the wrong decision, we know that if we're sincerely trying to follow him, even if we do, he's going to course correct us. Yeah. Sony, let's talk about singleness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you. How, how, and, you know, I, I do think, I have to think a long way back to when I was single, you know, but I remember how hard it was, you know, and just uh, the desire to be married and um, all that goes along with marriage. Uh, the importance of a relationship. For sure, we live in a culture that emphasizes that. I don't care what culture it is. I mean, right. it's always emphasized because it's a blessing that comes from God. Yes. How do, how does a single person really practically maintain their focus on Christ in the midst of all of those competing desires that happen simultaneously?
2: If I can answer that um, using my life purpose verse, verses. It's 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. It reads, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And... What that means to me personally is that as, as a born-again believer, that my purpose of why God saved me is far greater than my relationship status. And and so, recognizing that is a key to, to understanding and living out how to glorify the Lord through my life. and And so, to, to daily understand that regardless of my relationship status, it's completely irrespective of my calling as a child of God. And, and living in that is, is how I would say that that daily life that I go about living. Yeah. Now, to answer the question of how to, what are the practical ways to do that, I, I jotted down a few, few thoughts. Um, first of all, singles be fully committed to personally growing and living for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Secondly, be fully engaged in community and fellowship with God's mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Yeah. And there are there are many ways to do that. obviously we're in church right now mm-hmm. uh, that's one way, uh, another way life groups uh, that's a shameless um, self-promotion <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh-huh. We're going to flash uh, yours up on the screen here right now. <laughs> uh, uh, singles ministry, obviously, and, and many other ways. Thirdly, I would say genuinely care, encourage, and uh, pray and serve one another. You know, many times, even if, even if you pray for somebody that the Lord has put on your heart, and just texting them and letting them know, hey, I just prayed for you, it just means so much, especially because we don't have an immediate family. Yeah. And so those, uh, those singles that, that we do life with become such a dear part of our, our family circle, if you will. Yeah. Um, and lastly, um, recognize that we are never alone, that the Lord is with us.
0: That's, it. That's really good. That's really good. I, I don't know. Yeah, you can i don't know about i don't know about you guys but when i heard sony read the scripture i thought man wouldn't it be great just to have him to record him reading through the whole bible because because my heart was just overwhelmingly filled with peace bro i just i just got to tell you you have an amazing amazing reading voice um you know when i was doing some study some preparation for the relationship series i mean there was some stuff that i found about Perspective on singles in the church that honestly surprised me, and you know I, I probably shouldn't have been ignorant to it, but the things really just never crossed my mind. You know that, um, not like for instance, that sometimes single people feel that their their gifts are minimized. You know that they might feel as though the responsibilities that they're allowed—this is a wrong word—but they're allowed to do in the church really are not what you know we would consider significant responsibilities i think somebody uh framed it like uh just the the um i don't know what the right word is you know kind of the the drudgery those types of things that never crossed my mind because a lot of times i'm like man this is gonna sound really bad but you're single you got a lot of time on your hands let's let's do the work you know there's so much that we're trying to accomplish for the lord and um how how can that perception be overcome i mean obviously from the leadership side we need to make sure we're not communicating that and we need to be careful that we're really evaluating people's spiritual gifts and honoring them i mean i think about some of the single people in the scripture that were so powerfully used and you know they're they're the top people that we would say you know really were used by god in the new testament But, you know, maybe on the side of somebody that's in the congregation that feels that way, you know, maybe doesn't feel valued and honored, like they have a meaningful contribution. How would you encourage somebody um, to step out of that and really into the full purpose that God has for their life?
2: Sure. Um, First of all, um, it's a misconception that there are different levels of work in in, in God's work. That somehow sitting on a stage here is more important than being on our knees praying for yeah. somebody else, Amen. and so, and so, it doesn't matter what it is that we're doing, the, the particular task that we are accomplishing for God, the the fact that we get to be part of this great privilege of God's work in and of itself should should give us joy, yeah. and and should be enthusiastic uh, should bring enthusiasm, yeah. and so. Um, so singles, if you feel that that you know the tasks that you're been, that you're given are somehow less important, I would say um, uh, change your views. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Amen. We're closing tonight. <laughs> that was that was solid. All right, back over to my left. Uh, we've known each other for 15, uh, 14, going on 15 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had the privilege of serving together in so many different ways. You guys are friends. You know, we just don't work together, but you're family to me. And we've been through a lot. We've seen a lot together. Um, As you look at the adversity that you've had to deal with as a family, what are some of the key tools that you have learned over the course of time that have enabled you to not only endure that ad- adversity but um, also you know to see it as god's purpose you know to see it as a tool that god is using like we were talking about this morning to really develop hope in your life first? oh and and let me just say this if you guys are willing to uh, and maybe it's connected, what is the most difficult thing you've ever had to trust God with?
4: Well, I think the adversity part of it for us, you know, um, our marriage hasn't been perfect. I know that's not a surprise. Um, no one's is And there have been ups and downs in our marriage in times when we could have thrown in the towel and we could have walked away from, uh, the whole thing, which for us would have been ministry at the time, um, our, our children being affected, our jobs being affected, everything, you know, and, um, in going through adversity, you know, God used those things to just continue to knock rough edges off of us and to cause us to truly have to depend on him. And, uh, you know, we're still in the process of learning how to depend on him day by day, minute by minute. Um, and, and we have a good relationship and a, and a solid marriage, but even now when things come up, you know, the flesh wants to handle things a certain way. And over the years, over 35 years of, of going through things, you know, one of the advantages is we can see it. We can spot it. We can say, okay, we know that that's warfare. Or we know a cycle when we start to see ourselves go into sort of an adversarial cycle. We can identify it and we can uh, you know, uh, just really enter a time of intense prayer and, and communication over it. Um, and, you know, just the idea of not giving up, just persevere and see what God is going to do. You know, I think so often, I was listening to a podcast recently, and the person was talking about there are people that just want to live in a constant state of summer, And they'll do everything they can to literally go from one happy moment to the next. And whenever that's threatened, they just leave. They just want out of that season uh, uh, that's going to challenge them. But the problem is that in order to experience the full, robust relationship with Christ, to sense his presence, to... To, to be held close and carried through situations, you know, uh, it, it's actually a blessing to go through all of those seasons and to walk with him and, and have that, that deeper walk with him without trying to escape constantly into what we think is an easier road. Does that make any sense? And so just that idea of, of persevering and there's so much blessing on the other side of that perseverance, you know. And the winter makes the summer, the spring, glorious, right?
1: And, and so. Uh, and you really see that in New England, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, I was thinking about uh, what you were saying. And I know probably many of you have seen, it's not a meme, but it's a, something that's on social media that says, choose your hard. Choose your hard. Life is hard. Jesus told us this. He said, in this life, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. That doesn't mean Merry Christmas. It means have good courage. Be be a courageous person because I've overcome it before you. But, you know, it says you can choose to work out your differences in a difficult time in your marriage, or you can get divorced and have to learn to work out life with uh, with a partner that's separated from you, dealing with children. I mean, it's it's you know it goes on and, and lists the different things you have to do. You know, the enemy makes it look like running away from trouble is going to save you, but there is one man, Jesus Christ, who is our Savior, and he is the only one that we can depend on to truly save us, and that's not just words. That is something we've lived out in our life. We can literally give everything to him, and we have done it time and time again, uh, three decades going on for. And I, I'm here to tell you that that is the only way to live your life.
0: Uh, that's good. So so in a concrete way, like the, the way over 35 years, I think about our relationship, um, Rachel and me, and uh, how our way of handling adversity has changed over the course of 25 years. Over 35 years, give me some concrete ways that you you guys handle adversity differently, like from day one, let's let's just start. And is one of you a runner and one a confronter? Uh, I'm curious, and I want you to share in front of everybody here, so I've never asked that question, I just thought it'd be great for them to tell us. How how does that work for you guys? Who's the resolver, who's the runner?
4: What's your opinion? (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: I would probably be the runner and you would be the confronter. So,
0: backstage, because we have a backstage now, Jim is so good with people, like it really is a gift, and I've watched him over 14 years, just, he loves to figure people out. And I told him backstage, I'm like, dude, people are like a Rubik's Cube to you. (laughs) Do you guys know what a Rubik's Cube is? Jim loves to like, he loves to figure it out because he loves to help people, and he really has an
4: amazing gift at that. thought I'd share that with you tonight. I think that at the beginning of our marriage, uh, there was a lot of fireworks, you know, a lot of um, confrontational screaming and, and uh, um, yeah. I remember two weeks after marriage, I was ready to hang, to hang it up, man. I remember going slamming the door of our apartment and walking out and walking down the street thinking that's it, this is over. Two weeks. <laughs> Uh, we had had a big fight, and um, and I think that over the years, what's happened now is that you know we can state our case, and it doesn't it doesn't escalate. And uh, I mean, well, sometimes it does. Sometimes we get mad at each other and yell. But for the most part, um, when we're when something comes up, um, you know, we talk about it pretty calmly. And if we have to take a breather, we do. That doesn't mean overnight, but what it means is I I sometimes retreat into my cave to process things, and Carol's like, I want to talk about this. Can we please talk about this right now? And there have been times when I have to say, "Um, give me some time because I know that I'll say things that I don't want to say. Does that make sense? And then so she will wisely do that, But then I don't hold, I don't use that as a manipulative tool and just stay silent to make her miserable. Mm -hmm. After I pray about it and think about it, I have to come back to the table with a way to resolve that issue. And uh, she used to use tears a lot. Is that okay for me to talk about this? Yeah. Too late. You already did. (laughs) (laughs) She used to, I mean, she's a very emotional person. Uh, she's very complex. I'm kind of simple, <laughs> and um, she's she's complex. So what happens is she she still you know she gets emotional, but uh, in our early years of marriage, she used tears a lot to manipulate me, which was a problem because my mother had done the same thing, so it triggered me, and and so she you know we we worked on that for. For, the, for years, and she still gets emotional, but when we talk about things, we're able to kind of understand each other's rhythms and go to the Lord. You know, honestly, prayer time before handling a big
1: situation
4: is so crucial.
1: And uh, in our quest to understand people that you so uh, expertly drew us into, we have found some help with um, the Enneagram, and especially the Christian viewpoint of it. Um, There are some people that take it from a Christian perspective and understanding our personality types has helped us a great deal to understand that some of the feelings and fears that we have are based on our personality. And he, for example, he loves to tease. When he is happy and feeling good, he just, he is relentless at teasing. And I am a four, and I am very easily uh, hurt by um, every tease seems to have a barb to it, you know? And so we had to confront that. We, that's re- kind of a recent thing that we've looked into it. And I have realized that I want him to be happy, and I want him to have fun. And he's realized that there's a limit that I can take. And we've learned to read that in each other. And, and not be threatened by, you know, this is ha- who I am. This is how I am. You just live with it, which is how we dealt with it for so many years. And when he was talking about how we used to fight and when we had that really critical time where we really were both considering the, the D word, we were both seriously considering it. Um, we were in a room, not dieting, we th- divorce. <laughs> we really were. And we were, uh, it had reached a critical mass, and our children were watching TV and yelling and screaming and playing, and he was on one side of the room and I was on the other. We just started screaming at each other. So you want to end this? Well, do you? No. Me neither.
0: <laughs> I really love
1: you. I love you too, and I hate you at the same time. <laughs> me too. What are we going to do? I guess we're going to stick it out okay. And our kids were just like yelling and screaming and we were screaming too. And it was just, this is bedrock. You know, this is, this relationship is non-negotiable. And um, if you're at that place, maybe you're needing to yell that at each other and see that that is really more serious than you know.
0: That's great. Thank you both. That's, that's so solid. Um, the Curveball. Okay, curveball. It's, not, it's like a, not a new thing for you guys, but um, I do think it's important just to uh, give you guys an opportunity to share because, you know, the percentage of people that end up getting a divorce over issues of finance is so high. I mean, it's staggering how finances can be such an issue for people. I made the joke when I was teaching about this that it was never an issue for us because we never had money. So, you know, I mean, there's really nothing to be divided over but you guys have really, God has really spoken to you in this area, and I mean, it's, it's, it's um, produced so much fruit and so much discipline. Can you just share for a couple of minutes about how God worked those, you know, things into your heart about honoring him with your possessions?
3: Yeah, um, before before I, w- I, I was in my current job, Sherry was the breadwinner, so from the jump, that's already kind of topsy-turvy right there but Sherry was the breadwinner and when she got sick after the birth of our son God forced us to kind of rethink everything and I had to go into a new job and Sherry actually quit her job cold turkey and it was one of those things where we're like oh my gosh what are we gonna do now we're we're so broke we don't have anything but in our prayer, again, with God just, he's the God that literally takes everything out of ashes. And we were there. We were there. He said, be, be faithful to me. And, and we didn't even know that. We weren't tithing. We weren't tithing regularly. It was like what we could give, right? And so we, we literally sat down and said, let's tithe. There was times where Sherry would, would be the person that was like, did you tithe this week? I'm like, oh, okay, I forgot, but maybe I didn't forget because I was trying to make things work again on my own. But we started staying faithful in there, in that, and God really blessed the faithfulness that happened in that, in that whole thing. And it's, I mean, I'm not going to say that, but but we're 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 comfortable in where we're at financially because we were uncomfortable and god took us from that discomfort and put us to this place where we we were talking about doing something big and it's something big that makes me it'll make me quit my current job right now we're i'm just going to say it we're, we're we're considering going to the philippines and uprooting our family and going to the philippines and starting a ministry over there and it is that's born of how god has worked in us he's allowed us to think the think about leaving our our things here and going there and and serving him because he's already provided for us in that way and it's 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 amazing again how that discomfort led to where we are today
5: I have a little note on that is that it's um it's created in us like a crazy boldness because God did such a work, and it wasn't like a long time. I mean, you know, you think years. A couple notes is that one thing that God did was, you know, we were so unfaithful to the Word of God for so many years, and when we got our life together and we're like, hey, God, we're going to start doing things your way, we just went through the Bible and we're like, before we start seeking a word from God, let's just go to the Word of God and just Mm -hmm. see what it says. Let's just start there. Mm -hmm. Let's get our ducks in a row. And, you know, God's like, you guys need to be faithful. And, you know, he never... He didn't like make us go back and repay him, all that we owed him. You know, we were in such debt to God. We are now, of course, but he never like, it was just like, start now, you can do it now. I forgive you for what you've done. We, we repented, we're like, God, we're so sorry. And we truly were. I mean, I was like, I, 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 he was more than me willing to accept the forgiveness, it was harder for me. I, I was like, God, I just feel so low. Like, I'm so sorry, I've just done this. but what's happened is that as we just got our ducks in a row and he really um, you know, gave us the strength to be faithful to these little steps, it gave us a boldness because he did turn our finances around. I mean, real talk, you guys, like he turned our finances around, okay? And, and un, 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 like a work, miraculous work, honestly. And it still blows our mind. We're always like, can you believe like, what God has done? I can't even believe it. And we were faithful down to the penny. And not only that, um, I think that, you know, God asked for our, our 10%, and that's very, very important, but I also believe that there's a special blessing when you offer anything else. You say, God, what else? Like, I'll do the 10%, and, and if I'm off track, stop me, but I just was like, God, like, I'll, we'll offer you anything. Well, anything, and you know, sometimes God's like, oh, that's good this time, or it's good this time, or, but sometimes you'd have little assignments for us, and we would just say yes, and yes, and yes, because we were just eager to just, you know, let God see that we were changing, and, and he was so faithful to us. I mean, he's like crazy good, like God's crazy good. But the coolest thing too is that what I was, my first point was that it's created a boldness in us now because I just don't fear losing everything because we did once and a few years later we're okay. Like we're okay, my kids are fed, we have a roof over our head, you know, we're okay. Awesome. And, and so it's, it's like I'm not afraid anymore to if God's asked me to give it up again and um, not that we have a ton to give up, or, you know, but it's like if, if he asks us to just let it all lay it all down, I I am so much more confident because I've actually walked through it. I'm not just hearing somebody else's testimony. I have it's my testimony to know that God is truly faithful and He backs up what He says. Like He is the real deal, and um, I just love the guy. I just love the guy. <laughs> I do. I do.
0: <laughs> so good, Sony. Wrap us up, man. So, so you, you got to knock it out of the park here. Just uh, some final words of encouragement for those who are single among us. Give them a good, solid, strong word to close the night.
2: Sure. I would say that just because we're single doesn't necessarily mean that somehow we're operating on 50% of God's will. Mm. That somehow because we lack a spouse that it somehow makes us deficient for the use of God. Mm -hmm. None of those things are true. Mm -hmm. Our greatest call is the fact that we are born again. And our relationship status is secondary to that. Mm -hmm. And so as we go about living in our primary calling of being children of God and If and when God blesses us with a spouse, that's just cherry on top of the cake.
0: (laughs) So good. So good. Hey, let's all stand together tonight. We're going to pray. And uh, when I close in prayer, we're going to head right on out to um, the the outside patio area where we're going to be able to have the opportunity to renew vows or maybe recommit our life to the Lord. Um, we want to invite everyone to be a part of this. So even if you're not actually going to be doing one of those two things, uh, for sure we we still would love to have you come out there. And uh, there's a lot happening out there. We've got some desserts and things like that. Great opportunity for us to have community together. We're going to pray a prayer of consecration over your lives. All right, as um, many of you are taking this step, and uh, even if you're not, this is for you as well. Let's pray together. Father, tonight we consecrate to you. God setting apart, identifying as belonging to you. God acknowledging that the mighty name of Jesus is over in authority. All of these lives. God, all of these marriages. There's not a single marriage, God, that is outside of the umbrella, the covering of your almighty love. And there's not a single person, God, that truly is single because we're never alone when we have you. And tonight we... We give these lives to you. We pray, God, that you would seal and secure the beautiful work that you're doing in these hearts. We pray, God, that it would uh, pay forward amazing dividends, fruitfulness, God, fruitfulness for your glory first and foremost. God, every decision tonight and all of the decisions that will be birthed from these decisions Father, feed into your eternal glory and we ask God above all things that you would be magnified. We also do ask God for sweet, rich, manifold blessings on every person tonight. Stepping forward to renew vows. God, maybe stepping forward as a single person to recommit. God, we ask for untold blessings, both small and large. Father, we never wanna limit you We never want to restrict you. God, we commit them into your hands. And we do pray, God, that you would do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. God, above all. Blow minds. Surprise these hearts, God. May they be amazed and in awe of all of the good things that you have done. And, Father, we pray that their lips would give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.